the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. It's true then, and it's true with a lot of people even today. Now, Jesus is our rest. And you know the rest that Jesus offers? The same rest that God offered in the Old Testament? It's the rest of the heart and the soul. It's never intended to take care of what's going on in the circumstantial events of life, in the physical realm. That's what God promised the Israelites. That promised rest might have been uh, demonstrated by God in the form of a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, but the intention that God has is to have them rest in Him, in their heart and in their soul, not in what they see. But what did these people do? They started looking at their situation and they started saying, it's better had we not listened to God. Rest that is promised to us is not physical rest or material rest but a sense of lasting peace in our hearts and minds. The people who did this looked at the temporal situation, looked at their temporal needs. And that's a bad sign. That's a sign of unbelief. They decided that God, listen to this, they, they decided that before they trust in God, they decided that before they hear God, that, they, that before they put their faith in God, they've decided that God has to take care of their physical and material needs first. That's the mindset that these people have. I, I want to believe in God, but He has to fix my situation first. He has to fix what I'm going through. Then I will listen. Then I will respond to Him in faith. They started complaining and started saying, we, should, we, we were better off the way we used to live. When I didn't believe in Jesus, I was better off because I got a lot more friends. I got a lot more opportunities in the world. No, one, no one's blasting me for my testimony. The rest that Jesus was offering has an eternal dimension, never a temporal thing. I want you to think about that. The rest that God offers each and every person is the rest of the heart. And the rest of the soul. It's geared towards the hope of a future in eternity with Him. We are to respond in faith to the Word of Christ on the basis of a future hope, not on the basis of our present reality. That's what true believing is. That's what true faith is. That's what resting in God is. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's resting in Christ. 
All right? Practically every decision we make must be filtered through the Word of Christ, through the Word of God. If we truly have faith in the Word of Christ, we will filter everything that happens in our life. It affects every area of our life, okay? You know, when I say this, I mean, I'm, I, I run the risk of being mis, mis, misunderstood as to saying, do you mean to tell me God isn't going to help me in my present situation if I'm sick? Are you saying that he's not going to heal me? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. In fact, saying, God says, I will supply your need. All right? God is not going to withhold, you know, blessing you or anything like that. But here's the problem. If that's the focus, if the focus is the blessing and not the blesser, as you hear the cliche being mentioned all the time, you're in deep trouble already. Because you can be the holiest, greatest Christian and go through trials and tribulations just like everybody else. We have never been spared by those. I mean, if you read the Bible, nearly every character in the Bible had to go through the fires of adversities. Nearly everybody. Nearly, in fact, I, I can... Confidently say, everybody had to go through the fires of adversities. The point of faith, the point of believing, is that we put our hope in the future glory that awaits us. That's the hope. We cannot bank on all the temporal things that are happening in our world. What are we called to do with our faith? We are to persevere in our faith right here and right now for a future preservation. Perseverance now in faith results in preservation in the future. Now that's a deep theological Christian thing that you and I need to grasp this morning. Perseverance today, regardless of what's going on, produces preservation in the future. That's what it means to truly rest in God. Because you know God is going to preserve you until the day of Christ. Amen? Every decision we make, you're going to make a career choice, filter it through the Word of Christ. You're going you're gonna to figure out who you're going to marry? Look in the Word. Figure out. Don't, don't, don't filter anything else, but filter everything to the Word of Christ. Why? Because your future is at stake. Don't let that guy fool you into how dashing he is. All right? That prince is a frog in the future. We need to rest on a future hope. That's more important. You sleep better at night. All right? If you, if you really think about God coming through for you on your daily circumstantial situation, I don't know how anybody can live like that. I, I don't know anybody can rest at night knowing that I might get laid off tomorrow. He might divorce me tomorrow. I may not make it. I may not make my payment for, the, for this and that tomorrow. How can you sleep at night? But you see, the Word of God is what we hang on to. The Word of Christ. Everything. And brings us to the second point this morning, to the second thought. And that is, we find true rest. We must recognize that God's revelation is final. God's revelation in Christ, in the Word of Christ. The Bible is the written Word. Jesus is the living Word. And that's final. No more revelations coming. The revelation that God has given us today, it's final. 
we must recognize that. Look, look at verse 12. Let me start with verse 11 again, going to verse 12. It says, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Verse 12, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Again, in context, this verse 12 is talking about unbelief in the Word of Christ. This is why the Word is so very central to our walk with the Lord, to our walk with faith, to our walk with God. It's central because the Word of Christ penetrates the very innermost being of everybody. That's what this verse means. Look at how the Word of God is described in these vivid terms in this verse. I want you to pay attention to it. It says, the Word of God is living and active. What does it say? What does it mean? It means that it is not constrained at all by time or by season. The Word of God is true then. It's true now. It's going to be true forever because it's alive. It's living. Okay? It's not governed by our situation. The Word of God is not only good at a certain time. Oh, some people tell me, oh, pastor, you know, that, that, that scripture only applies back in the Old Testament. Maybe in, in terms of its applicability, yes. But in the moral truth of God's word, it applies through all generations. It doesn't change. It's alive. His divine counsel applies in all situations at all times. Then it says not only is it living, but it's also active. That means it's not stagnant. It, that means it addresses every issue of life that pertains to the heart and soul. That's what it means for the Word of God to be living and active. Don't put any more mystical and magical meaning to that. It simply means it penetrates at the very core of every person's being, and that is the heart of a person. Then it says it's sharper than any double-edged sword. I, I hear preachers, you know, try to complicate this verse, but it has a very simple meaning. It simply means that it reaches the deepest part of our being because its ability to expose the heart. It exposes both truth and error. Did you know that the Bible will expose both truth and error? That's why it's a double-edged sword. That's why we need to pay attention to the Word of God because the Word of God can be very, very uh, comforting, uh, very, very uh, courage-inducing, but it also can be very convicting and in some cases condemning. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. One edge is as sharp as the other. One edge exposes the truth. The other exposes the error. The beautiful and the ugly in what, on what's inside our heart. The dark and the light. It opens up our very core. It just doesn't condemn or convict. It also comforts. Double-edged sword. It deals with the heart. And thirdly, it says it judges. The word judges there is the word kritikos in the Greek, which means it discerns discerns the motives of every person's heart. Living, active, sharper than a noble-edged sword, and it judges every intent, every motive of the heart. What does it tell us, loved ones? What does this verse really say to us? I want you to pay attention to what I'm about to say. And if you want to forget everything else I say today, do not forget 
this statement that I'm about to make, okay? What does it matter that the Word of God is living, active, sharper than a double-edged sword, and it judges, it judges, it it's critiques, it discerns the very intent and motivations of the heart. What does it tell us? It tells us very simply this. You and I cannot hide unbelief. We cannot hide unbelief. We cannot hide wrong belief. The word, if you receive it, will penetrate at your very core. And it's going to confront your unbelief. It's going to confront your wrong belief. That's what the word does. That's why it's a double-edged sword. That's why it's active and living. It's penetrating in the very depth, in the very core of every person that, con that is confronted by the word. That's how you know you are a believer. Because the word testifies to the truth. Wrong belief is exposed by the word of God. I, I hear Christians nowadays, they're saying, oh, what, what Jesus said back then, it's no longer applicable today. No, you're wrong. It's the word of Christ is still alive. It's true then, it's still true now. When we are confronted, be ready to make a decision. When we are confronted with the word, be ready to make a decision. Either you're going to believe or you're going to be not believing. Those are the only two choices you have because of the sharpness and the power of the word of Christ. Those are the only two options. Now people will say, well, you know what? I'm, Jesus is just okay with me. Jesus is just fine with me. I, I, don't, I, you know, I, don't, I don't have to worry about anything. Listen, when you're truly confronted with the Word of God, if you are not a believer, it's going to upset you. I might as well tell you that. It's going to upset you if, you're not, if, you don't, if you don't trust in Jesus. It's going to upset you. you, you you're going to hear, you're gonna hear uh, people say, well, you know, Jesus is fine with me. I believe in Jesus. But the moment they hear what Jesus has to say about something, all of a sudden they're saying, well, I really can't believe that Jesus is going to be that mean to say that. Oh, I can't believe that uh, Jesus said that. I can't believe that Jesus said this. The Word of God will confront us on either we really believe or we don't believe. People are just fine with Jesus. They may not even have a problem believing that Jesus is the incarnate Son of God. They might even accept Him for what He said He is. But what they cannot accept is the authority of His Word. That's what people struggle with. Not so much with Jesus. Jesus is just fine. It's when they're confronted with the authority of His Word that causes people to be exposed, whether they're true believers or not. God's revealed Word is final. It's true then. When God says it's wrong, then it's wrong now. And if you're getting upset because of what Jesus said is true then and it's true now, that means it's unbelief at His Word. You can even believe in Jesus. The Word of God will not change. It will never be compromised. It can never be watered down. And I know I get in trouble sometimes. But I believe this, loved ones, with all of my heart. The revelation is final. Nothing new is going to come. We're just awaiting the return of the Word to this earth. What do we do in the meantime? 2 Corinthians 10.5 It says... 
We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. That's what we do today. That's belief. We capture every pretension, every argument that set itself up, themselves up against the knowledge of Christ. You and I cannot hide unbelief and wrong belief. We can call ourselves Christians all we want, and we can say we believe, but sooner or later, the Word of Christ in us will reveal whether we truly believe in the Word of Christ or not. You know, there's a proverb (laughs) that I wrote down in here. I think you may also have it. It's Proverbs 23, verse 7. It says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat, drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Yeah, Jesus, we can have fellowship, Jesus. You are welcome to my house. Just don't go to my bedroom and sleep there because there's somebody in my bedroom that I don't think you will approve of. Isn't that how? Oh, you welcome, Jesus. You, we, we can, you, you come to my house. We'll have fellowship. We'll dine together. Just don't go to my fridge and take away my adult beverage. It stops there. What's the point? The point is that many on that day will call me Lord, Lord, Jesus will say. And I will tell them, depart from me. I never knew you. Oh, Jesus really will. Come on. Really? The word is final. The revelation is final. Don't wait for another person to come down, give you a new word, and die on the cross for you. That thing is done. That ship has sailed. It's finished. What's left? Trust. Believing in the word of Christ. We must, what, what do we need to do with our hearts? We need to guard it with the word. Amen? We need to guard it in the word. You know, I, I, a long, long, long time ago with a group of pastors, I visited a, a state or a federal prison in Tehachapi in Southern California. I visited this. It's a very, you know, maximum security prison. And the chaplain or the warden, I don't, I don't remember who it was, took us to the wing of this building where they housed the most notorious criminal. Unbelievable. It's a, bu- a building on its own with several cells, not, not bars, okay? You should see these cells. I mean, he took us there. There's one entrance to this wing of the prison. And it's, it can only be accessed by this very thick steel door, electronically controlled. You think that would be enough? No, there are guards outside that single door. And if you go inside, those individual cells where those criminals were housed, they were equally fortified with very thick doors, electronically controlled. You think that would be enough? No, there were guards inside. And you look at that and you say, it's next to impossible for anyone to escape. Okay? Unless three things happen. Unless the guards leave, the power went out, and somebody from the outside throw a grenade and blow up the prison to bring these guys out. Other than that, they won't be able to escape. That's a picture of what we need to do in our heart. We need to guard it with a word. 
If your heart is powerless, if there's no power in the heart and there's no guard, guess what? The devil's going to take that grenade and bail out those chambers in the inside. You know what those chambers? I know you're a Christian. I believe you're a Christian. But let me tell you something about what Jesus said about our hearts, even though we're Christians. We have in that heart, in that same heart, chambers where lust is in prison. Chambers where anger is in prison. You know, Chambers where bitterness and strife and jealousy, name it, there are those chambers in our hearts. Not because you became a Christian means that there are no more of those things inside of you. There is. I even know right now. There's a chamber in there of impatience. When is this preacher going to be done? All right? Unless we guard that heart and keep those things imprisoned, we're going to be in trouble. We know what's going to lead to. You know, bring out the bitterness. See where, it's get you. See where it gets you. Bring out the strife. Bring out the envy. Bring out the hate. Bring out everything. Let those things loose in your heart. What do you think is going to happen? I don't need to describe to you what's going to happen. The Bible says we guard our heart with the word of Christ. David says, I hid the word of God in my heart so I will not sin against you. That's in the Bible. So the Word of God is active. It's living. It's a double-edged sword. It's designed to imprison those things so that they will never rule our lives again. They will never rule our lives again. And you might be saying, wow, I need to examine what I really have in my heart. Don't worry, we're going to do that in just a minute. But I need to get to the third point. To find rest in God, we must also realize that rejecting God's rule is futile. It's futile. Let me read the entire verse again, ending with verse 13. Let us therefore make every effort to enter the rest so that no one will perish by following the example of disobedience. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who must to whom we must all give an account. It's, it's futile to reject God's rule. God knows everything about us. He offers us salvation. He offers us ultimate rest for our hearts and soul. Again, when God rested from His creation, He has considered and addressed every possibility that can happen in your life so that when you believe, you believe in confidence, knowing that, hey, it's true. God will be my God. That's what it's all about. He created the world by His Word, and He will rule by His Word. Rejecting God's rest by rejecting His rule because of unbelief will only lead to futility. You can't escape it. John 3.16. Let me read this to you. John 3.16. If you don't know this verse, we have to go and start from scratch. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. How many of you know that verse? Come on. Everybody should, everybody should know that. You know what people do? Is they look at that verse and they put the, the impact in the wrong place sometimes. 
they put the, the emphasis on the passage on for God so loved. 99.9% of the people I talk to, oh, you know, God is love. We all know God is love, okay? But the emphasis of that verse is not on that fact that God is love. The universe knows that God is love. <laughs> There's no question about it. The central force of that verse is that word, believe. Whosoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. I bet you haven't considered that and you've memorized John 3.16 forever. The emphasis is not, you know, when people say, oh, God loves me, therefore I can do anything I want. Uh Uh-uh. The emphasis is not on the love of God. There's no question about the love of God. The emphasis is whosoever will believe. This is about faith. This is about believing so that we will not perish but have everlasting life. We love that verse, but please put the emphasis on the right place. Why? Here's why. We jumped 20 verses later from John 3.16 to John 3.36. It says these words as as a final warning. Whoever what? Believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life for God's wrath remains on them. I don't care whether you love me or hate me or whatnot. I'm not here to tell you all the fuzzy things about being a Christian. I'm telling you this. It's futile to reject God's rule. You ain't going anywhere. Communion is about two things. Bailing us out of our sin and turning the wrath of God away from us. Amen. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.